Hello, welcome to Canon Chicks Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Barbrudi, and this is your place to come to when you want to expand your consciousness, learn about psychedelic spirituality, and ancient medicines to grow and heal together. If this sounds like your cup of tea, you're in luck, as I bring on the coolest guests from all over the world who are experts in diving into the unknown. But for this episode, it's going to be a little bit different. I found this really cool website called eroid.org, spelled E-R-O-W-I-D dot org. This website has a bunch of information on a ton of different substances and anonymous submissions of people's experiences on these substances. So I, of course, have been reading a lot of these and I decided why not read an interesting experience for my podcast. So that's what I'm doing today. And this one's called How 10 Grams Got Be Bitch Slapped by God. I was like, I need to read that. All right, let's get to it. So you try to make everything perfect so that you can have the best experience possible. You clean your house, you prepare the things you might need want on your journey, water, food, paper for drawing, etc. Perhaps you lay out all of your blankets because you know your silly ass is going to end up on the ground, connecting with the earth. You might also do some housekeeping in your headspace, clean mind, clean body, all of that. So you meditate, trying to put yourself in the place you want to be when the shroom arrives. You try to control your environment to enhance the trip. Perhaps you even believe this will ensure a good trip. Often, the shroom seemingly appreciates the effort you have put into trying to respectfully accept its many wonderful, powerful gifts and lessons. And often, it rewards you with beautiful experiences that leave you with an overwhelming sense of love, beauty, and connectedness to the universe. But sometimes, the shroom gives you the gifts and lessons that you need, not the ones you asked for or tried to set yourself up for. I do all of these things just about every time I meet with the shroom. It's good to be a polite host. I suspect that all of us do this to one extent or another. It stresses me out because I know deep down I'm just trying to avoid a bad trip more so than I'm trying to be in a nice atmosphere. Don't get me wrong, I do not believe any trip is a bad trip. They are all valuable in their own way, even if soul-crushingly terrifying in the moment. I also do this as my ritual. I suspect we all have our own. Anyone experienced in psychedelia will tell you, don't try to control the trip, let it take you. And that is great advice because more often than not, if you try to control it, you're going to have a bad time, okay? <laughs> that said, I feel like every time I do this, I am lying to the shroom. I don't live every day like that, running around cleaning everything and making everything just right so the experience will be perfect. I'm no saint, I just get up and go about my day like we do. So the shroom probably thinks I'm something I'm not, but I intend to reveal myself to it, the real self. Let me derail this for a moment. The story needs a background. I have been an opiate addict slash abuser for 22 years. I've never had any real debilitating pain or injuries or anything. I just hate my job and I really like eating pills to numb that pain. Except I don't like eating pills. I'm nearly suicidal because of my addictions and because I refuse to steal or put my family out to get my drug, I go through withdrawals regularly. I'm a drug addict, but that doesn't mean I'm a monster. I keep my demons to myself. Those are my burdens to carry and I will not share that weight with those I love. Now though, I'm finding it harder and harder to carry these burdens. I can't keep it up anymore. I can't go to work when I'm sick like I used to when I was younger and I won't let my family suffer for my stupidity, so it is time to change. I must do something to get off this ride. I go to a clinic where they put me on a Suboxone, which is, believe me, a nasty drug. 
The idea was to change my pattern of behavior that I've been clinging to for over 20 years. Wake up, find drugs, acquire drugs, go to work, eat, sleep, rinse, repeat. For anyone who doesn't know, this process is truly maddening and becomes an addiction in itself. Finding drugs seems to release dopamine or something. It's a rush. But it's also a personal slice of hell when I can't score or I know that if I don't use this money for bills, my wife is leaving my sorry ass. The mind of a drug addict is constantly doing mental gymnastics to justify the insanity of what we're doing. So Suboxone is working to change my behavior. In seven months, I haven't eaten a single pill except the subs and I have fundamentally changed my drug seeking behavior. Shit is getting done around the house now like I'm super productive. You have no idea how much time is consumed trying to find drugs unless you do, then I'm sorry. But best part is, after the first week of that shit, it doesn't even get me high anymore. Or so I thought. I'd wager off that most of the doctors that are prescribing this stuff are the true scum of the world. These are the real drug dealers my teachers and parents tried to warn me about as a kid. They swore an oath, hypocritical oath, lol, <laughs> to help those in need, and we trust them, literally with our lives. It's so easy to believe a man who has 12 more years of education than me when he tells me something will be good for me if I don't change my paradigm. These people are just doing a job for money. Some care, I'm sure, but anyway. After the third month, I asked to start tapering down. After all, my goal is to get off the drugs. And besides, they're incredibly expensive and health insurance doesn't give a fuck about my recovery so they don't cover it. Not to mention, I gotta pay the drug dealer for the script. $200 a month plus $25 for drug tests because if I'm taking anything else, I can't have the Suboxone. Technically, I'm still spending as much as I was on the street. Getting off these drugs is a very slow and lengthy process. I suggest we wait a couple of more months to let the healing continue, the good doctor told me. I had no real issue with that. I trusted him. But month seven, I am still on the maximum dose the state can legally prescribe me and I'm asking you to be taken down every month. I begin to realize what's going on and I started reading up. I know now he has no intention of taking me off these drugs because at month eight, I'm prescribed three per day as usual. And after my unrelenting desire to come down, I'm told to take only 2% every day for the next two months. At this point, I'm done. I realize that this man probably sees 20 people a day and this is all his clinic does, by the way, a husband and wife venture at $200 a pop and promises them recovery with no intention of actually setting them free. So I stop going. I will not be a slave anymore. I try to taper myself off, which seems to go great. What I didn't realize is that half-life of Suboxone is ridiculously long and it actually accumulates inside of me, sort of like stacking. At a certain point, I'm just saving more for later in a sense. I started to get sick because I'm not taking enough anymore and my backlog is running out. I felt great for that first week only taking half a pill a day, but that shit was accumulated in my system from heavy dosing every day for months. I'm nearly out of my medicine and since I bailed on the program, I won't be let back in. Time to call on the medicine I know can really work. The shroom. I acquire a half ounce of some very nice looking golden teachers and I'm prepared to take a heroic dose that night after work and sort myself out once and for all. Except this time, I'm not going to lie to the shroom. I'm going to show it who and what I really am. I wanted to meet the real me. I do not clean, I do not meditate, I do not plan, I do nothing but focus my intent on exposing my weakness to the universe and having the shroom teach me how to set myself free. 
I explain to my wife that I'm going to trip tonight, but I do not tell her my intention. She would soon find out anyway because shit is about to get heavy. We get the kids to sleep about 8.30pm and I begin consuming the shroom. I eat spoonfuls of crushed powder, one after the other until I've had nearly 4 grams. Not a hero dose to be sure, but I wanted to sniff these out. I never purchased from this guy before. The wife and I chat for a while, I browse for an anime on Netflix. I don't watch anime in real life, but I love it when I'm flying through hyperspace for some reason. I settle on Kill la Kill. Bad idea in retrospect. About 9pm, the missus kisses me goodnight, asks if I'll be alright. Of course, I respond, and she's off. I would not be alright. By now, I can feel the shroom taking me over. The colors aren't as vibrant as I'd like, but everything has a sort of aura quality to it. It is like I can see every object's molecular signature as a vibrating colored ring. Time to eat more of these. Bad idea, you impulsive monkey. <laughs> I eat several more spoonfuls, approximate five to six more grams, and sit back in my chair. The visuals are coming, but they aren't right. I'm definitely getting some visuals, but they're not like any that I've ever experienced before. These are very dark feeling, and everything has an aura, living or not. Most of them seem terribly out of place and not angelic in nature at all. It's cool though, I'm just tripping. Everything is vibrating with great intensity and waves now. It's as if something is holding my very core and vibrating it. Imagine holding one of those vibrating back massagers to your forehead and turning it on for a couple of seconds every 30 seconds or so. It was incredibly intense and began to get very loud, almost like a train passing right by me. This takes my breath away and I need a different view, so I go to the backyard where I have spent many a night laying on the trampoline and pondering the infinite wonders of the universe. It was very cold that night and I became immediately uncomfortable which is weird because my backyard has been my tripping sanctuary for years. I realized that I was panicking. I realized I was about to get what I asked for. I wanted the shroom to set me free, but that is not what the shroom is here for. It does not serve me or my wants. It is here to share its knowledge and insight with those willing to listen with their hearts. It's here to tell me what I need to hear. I run back inside because I realize now that it's going to be a rough ride. I can feel it coming on. I have to calm myself down before I spiral out of control. I know better than to control it, but I can't help it. This is heavy. Heavy shit is coming. I sit in my chair and I look at my dog who is standing defensively with that mohawk they get on their backs when they're about to attack. And she is dead ass staring to the depths of my soul. And she is scared of me. The vibrating thing comes back with an intensity I lack the words to adequately describe. It was like God vibrating the entire universe all around me and not in a happy good vibration type way, more like you just shattered the fabric of your reality. I yell for my wife to come get the dog because I think she's going to attack me and she runs into the living room and calls for the dog to come with her. To me it seemed as if the dog was backing away from me but never turning her back out of fear that I would attack. I was informed the next day by my wife that the dog was asleep when I called for her and she went right to bed. <laughs> Shrooms do be that way sometimes. Now that the dog was put away, I calmed down for a brief respite. In this moment of clarity, I was able to check the clock, 9.45pm. The shit was just beginning. I grabbed a blanket and laid on the couch. My man began to deconstruct, seemed to fragment. Each thought became a tangible physical space in my head. 
packed in like a moving van, but inside an infinite conch shell. I could see them with my mind's eye and they began to slide, is the best word to describe it. Or more like being suspended in the middle of the conch shell as it expanded in a spiral, infinitely outward and inward at once. They were sliding over and under each other, getting all mixed up and out of space dimensionally. I was losing sense of self as my identity. My thoughts and memories began to scatter as if they were running from something and getting trampled in the stampede. Spoiler alert, ego death incoming. Keep in mind, my eyes are closed all this time. These aren't visual hallucinations, they're in my mind. As I try to lay back and let go, these silver geometrical fractal skinned snakes began to coil their way through my disorganized thoughts, or rather my desperate attempt to hold on to what was left of my ego trying to protect my identity. There were two of them, each identical and moving in a perfect mirror image of themselves, eating away at my being, me, my essence, as they were writhed and twisted their way towards what I assumed was myself, my mind's eye. As I suppose, as they approached me, they stood tall in their tails, rising 50 feet above me, it seemed. Their mouths opened and they began doing something akin to throat singing. At this point, I'm terrified beyond belief and I crawl to my wife's bedside, waking her up in a fury and climb in beside her and proclaim, Snakes are eating my brain, Sarah. They're killing me. She immediately takes hold of me and reminds me that this is just a shroom and that I have nothing to fear, repeating the words I told her to tell me if this happens. But it doesn't matter what she's telling me. I'm scared so badly now, I'm sobbing like an infant in my wife's arms, literally screaming for my mom, scared, broken. Suddenly, the most powerful noise I've ever heard cracks across my entire universe like a lightning striking from a thousand angles all at once around me, and I feel my soul suddenly being removed from my body, which I understood instantly to be my vessel, not myself or who I am. It's just a body, a holding cell. I'm calm. I see my soul. It's jade slash blue colored and shaped as a teardrop and made of fractals. And it's so beautiful, I want to cry. It is then that the snakes come out from behind it. Except now, they are black and dripping with vile ooze. They begin to constrict around my soul and they squeeze it, making it hard for my soul to breathe. I ask, what is happening? And the loudest, most magnificent, booming voice I'll ever hear proclaims, That is your soul. Look at it. Look at what you have done to it. With every single word and syllable, the universe violently quakes, and I, an atheist only two seconds ago, understood this to be the voice of some supreme entity. God. They're disgusting, I'm screaming. How do I get rid of them? Please, please take them away. I beg to this infinitely staggering power. You invited them in and you must be the one to make them leave. You have polluted your mind and your body with synthetic drugs and have given these demons the perfect breeding ground to thrive and grow. Every pill you have take, you feed them. Every lie you tell, you make them stronger. You must beg for forgiveness if you wish to rid your soul of these demons. Every word feels like a physical blow to my heart as I watch my indescribably beautiful fractal soul be constricted and devoured by these disgusting demons. I'm sobbing uncontrollably at this point and my wife is doing her best to just hold my hand and remind me I'll be okay. 
which is entirely fruitless. I'm literally buried under the covers and lost my mind. I can't even make sense of her words in the moment. I began to confess to my wife every single sin I've made against her, all the drug abuse that I lied about, all the money I pissed away. I told her that I was a disgusting failure of a human and not worthy to occupy her physical plane. I poured my heart out and meant it more than I've ever meant anything. This was my confession of selfishness. The whole time I'm doing this, the demons slowly separate themselves from my soul and begin to leave my headspace. They stay at the periphery of my mind's eye, alongside the God entity, only light, all-encompassing, no shape, that barred my soul to me. They watched as I, a atheist, confessed my sins to some deity and my loved ones and prayed to myself and my soul for the strength to stave off the demons. I felt an angelic presence appear suddenly in the room. I knew that I had purged myself of these demons that represented my addictions and damaging lifestyle choices. It wasn't an entity though. It was more like a serenity made into a tangible thing I could sense and smell. It felt amazing. I stopped crying and I softly said, I'm so sorry to myself over and over as my wife tried to comfort me. And I had meant it. I was so very sorrowful and ashamed for what I put myself through after seeing what my life, our lives represent as a beautiful energy we can grow. As I did this, the demons and gods left my headspace, and I was alone at last. I had been broken. It was actually sort of a serene watching my thoughts, my memories, my being floating around the hyperspace in my head. I didn't fight anything, I just accepted the ride and laid with my eyes closed until 3am, when the shroom would finally say its farewells and grant me my humanely peace. As I fell asleep, I remembered thinking how excited I was to meet the new me the next morning. That was about 8 months ago. And while the withdrawals just about made me want to die, I went cold turkey and I haven't had any drugs besides marijuana since that night. Although they are not physical, I know that those snakes were real. They are not metaphorical. They live in my soul and feed off negativity. The silver snakes live there too, but they feed off of love. I've been feeding the wrong ones for 22 years now and they did not want to die. And they had grown big and strong while I forced the others to live off only my happy memories or the past, if you will, living with nothing more than negativity. I wasn't producing any happy memories to feed the right ones. I'm not one to practice any religion or anything, but I firmly believe in a higher power that lives within every living thing in our universe. It's pure energy and it is all things and encompasses all good and evil. The beauty in our physical being is that we are blessed with free will and we are allowed to choose for ourselves whether we live with good or evil in our hearts. It's our choice which serpent we feed. Light and dark, heaven and hell, love and hate, all the same thing. These things, I believe, are the driving force in our universe, and they are the tools for us to use and learn from. They exist not just as emotions, but as actual entities that live beyond our physical realm and encompass all things. They are not two ends of the opposite spectrum. Every emotion in the spectrum exists between love and hate. And without those two polar opposites, I could not be happy, sad, jealous, angry, or any of the numerous emotions our species is blessed with. I know that was really long and I don't care if you read it or not. I'm considering this my confessional. I feel that it is important to expose myself so that my promised recovery will be easier by way of fear of letting anyone down, even if you are all a bunch of strangers. You're also shroomers, so I know you love me and I love you. It's also ego though. I've always been ashamed of what I had become and hidden it from the world. 
No more. I'm finished hiding behind a wall of false security and promised eventualities. It's done nothing but slowly eat my beautiful soul, which can't grow while being buried. I hope this helps someone. If even one of you takes something away from this, I will feel that much more redeemed. All my love and peace for your soul, Jay. Well, he doesn't know that it's about to go on a podcast. <laughs> what a crazy story. Wow, like, it is absolutely mind-blowing how mushrooms really give you the experience you need, not that you want. So you can never expect what's to come. And that's like the fun part, right? <laughs> so whatever is subconsciously like lying dormant in you, it's going to come out, especially if you take a higher dosage. It's pretty crazy how one mushroom trip made him sober after 22 years of struggling with opiate addiction. That's wild. And then instead he was going to get Suboxone that was just stacking up all this chemical, all this negativity in his body. And what are the people that are supposed to be helping us doing? What are they doing? How are this society going to stop people from being addicted to these substances? What do they do? They throw them in jail. They do some weird ass rehab. I don't know. I just don't understand how like they make it easy for people to be stuck in these bad situations, these bad cycles. And maybe we just need some plant medicine to bring it into our face and to show us what's really important. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed this. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review my podcast. I appreciate it so much. If you want to reach out to me, hit me up on Instagram DM at Podcast. I love connecting with my listeners, and I'd love to hear what you think. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms podcast. I started the Pop Moms podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing. See you guys.